Welcome to the Yes, Young Enough to Serve podcast. We invite you to join us for encouraging stories about people over 50 making kingdom impact. We hope you'll be inspired. Here's our host, Judy Wick. Hi, this is Judy, and today I'm in beautiful Colorado Springs, and uh, Wes and I have the joy of being with our youngest son, Jeremy, and his beautiful wife, Kelly, and our most precious, youngest so far, (laughs) grandchild, our little Penelope Elizabeth. So occasionally, if you hear my little granddaughter uh, in the background, oh, that we would be so blessed, right? (laughs) So um, last year, we were talking with Jeremy and Kelly, and they told us when um, when we came out at Thanksgiving, they said, Mom and Dad, you have to meet this couple. And they had already given us a little heads up that Mike and Lorelai Schmidt were involved in their lives But at Thanksgiving, they said, we're going to have a time after Thanksgiving when, um, you know, just the the six of us and Penny can sit down and we can meet them. And this is a couple that passionately love Jesus, and they've come into our kids' lives, and it's one of the blessings that Wes and I can never thank God for enough because, uh, well, you'll you'll see why. So, Mike and Lorelai, I've only known you for a couple of months, but welcome and thank you for agreeing to do this podcast today. Well, it's great to be with you and to get to know you and Wes a little bit. We feel like we know your kids better than we know you, and That's so true. we're <laughs> looking forward to this growing relationship yeah. too. That your kids have introduced us to you guys. Oh well, thank you, thank you. So. I know both of you that you're involved in the lives of many young adults. And in just the little bit, the few months that I've known you, I understand how friendship with you would be such a blessing. I mean, I told my kids, I wish so much that you guys lived in our neighborhood, but of course they don't want that since we're in California. (laughs) But um, why is it important to you. And I'm not going to ask your ages. Okay. So Wes and I are in our sixties. They're younger than me and Wes. So I am, uh, I'm just going to say that, but they're also older than our kids. Okay. (laughs) But why Mike and Lorelai, can you tell our listeners today, why is it important for you to have relationship and friendships with younger people? I think God's the one who started us on a journey, not really all that long ago that uh, we would have never planned God drew us into this idea. We want to do life together. As a matter of fact, that's what we call our groups, doing life together with an intergenerational group of folks who want to walk together into knowing Christ. We rather stumbled on it as we started in one home. We knew that our house was not decorated right for the youngers. And so one of the younger couples offered to host the Bible study in their home if I would lead it because they were scared to death to (laughs) have uh, the scriptures open, uh, you know, and have to be leading. But they were eager to open their home. Mm. So we started with that and quite by accident stumbled on this wonderful combination of Young people and people in their middle years and some folks that were more senior all drawing together around doing life together, Mm -hmm. discipleship done in community rather than discipleship in isolation. And God was the one who uh, drew us together in this little collection of folks. 
the amazing thing was it began to grow. And what started as a little home Bible study in one home, and now in the last year has expanded to over eight groups that are meeting wow. throughout the week just from that one study. And uh, the folks enjoy one another so much that we'll have a games night once a month just to reconnect because now we can't be in just Jeremy and Kelly's home right. anymore. It's grown beyond that to other places to meet uh, because God was the one who drew us into this idea that there's something synergistically that happens as people together pursuing Christ, regardless of where they are in their ages, have got something to give to one another. Mm. So uh, for us, uh, we kind of stumbled on that two years ago, and we're just rather new in the in the journey of discovering this together. Well, I didn't realize that it had only been two years. I really thought you had been doing this type of discipleship forever. But uh... well, our ministry with the Navigators has gone back for uh, over 40 years. So we've been ministering with the okay. Navigators. Uh, and our focus has been primarily uh, military couples. And so uh, as we're looking at military folks, they tend to be younger. We want the younger ones to uh, go fight our battles. Right. They're more fit than some uh -huh. of us that are more senior. And so they just put us in that environment of, mm -hmm. of people. That's where I was uh, converted to Christ, was my first year in the military at the Air Force Academy. I had never before heard the gospel. Wow. And so it was in the Air Force that I began my spiritual journey. It was natural just to stay in that same sphere of friends right. as we grew. But in the process, uh, to just to discover that there is so much that I benefit from in just uh, connecting with uh, friends that are younger uh -huh. that they impart to me. And so it's a it's a synergistic. It's a both learning right. and growing together that's been so stimulating for us. And that's right. uh, been how we've experienced discipleship. So, Lorelai, can I just go ahead and jump a couple questions here, but mm -hmm. just ask you if you could just share with the listeners Maybe about a friendship, it could be like um, a while back or a current friendship that you have with a young woman and why you feel like that's so important. And actually, it's hard to pick one because through the years, you know, we've had so many and have so many now and they move away in the military. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would say some years back, probably maybe seven, eight years ago, there was a young gal who was in our ministry and we were going to go up to the mountains for a summer training program. And when we arrived up there, um, she asked me, if I might go back with her to town and we had just gotten there. So I said, um, sure. And she said, I need to go sign some divorce papers today. Oh. And, but I wanted to know where to come so I could come back later, but I think I'll get lost. <laughs> oh, and that I went back with her that day mm -hmm. and she and I came back up uh, to the summer training program. Mike shared that night uh, was the speaker, and he shared the gospel, and she received Christ that night. Wow. She prayed, and uh, so I got a chance to meet with her and help her with assurance of salvation and, you know, all the assurances wow. that you need and to get into the word and to learn how to have a quiet time and just grow in that relationship. Well, it was like a family, really. It was almost like in the ministry there were aunts and uncles because there were some that right. age and some cousins and brothers and yeah. sisters. And so 
going up forward a couple of years, uh, she was getting married in California and uh, we had a re reunion really uh -huh. there because everybody had moved away. And so we all met in California and she asked me to be in her wedding. I uh, was surprised, but she said, <laughs> I, you're like my mom. Oh. And I just want you to be there and uh, be right as there, the so. matron of honor. And so I was, holding, <laughs> I was holding her bouquet and oh, watching the wedding. And that is um, precious. And it was just a really special yeah. time for not only her, but all the relationships mm -hmm. of that time frame uh, there together, because right. it really is a community that, and so in the same thing now, we just yeah. continue to grow. So we're going to go see her this summer and her family in Montana now, uh, as we make a trip to go see some Re relationships, I think are permanent sorts of things that we want to invest in rather than just throw away relationships. Right. And so as we got to know Sabrina and sharing her life and beginning to untangle some of those family things that she had grown through, I mean, a young person in 19 already finishing up her first marriage. Mm -hmm. um, you can imagine the issues and the right. things that we get to deal with. But right. in that, as we share ourselves one with another, mm -hmm. our relationships become more lasting. So we would travel to California to see her. It wasn't too long before, uh, you know, a year later, uh, Sabrina decided that where she had trusted Christ at that mountain camp, she wanted to follow Christ in obedience and by baptism. I love it. And so it was wow. just about a year to the day later that I baptized Sabrina. Now, this wow. place is a cold mountain lake. So we were doing <laughs> baptisms in in wetsuits, uh -huh. trying to somehow stay warm, But um, and then continuing to invest in her. So it wasn't too much uh, later that she called us from California and said, Mike, Lorelei, there's a fellow who's becoming special in my life. I want to know what you think. Mm. And so to spend time getting right. to know Wes and Sabrina as a couple to do their marital counseling mm. uh, by remote mm -hmm. uh, and then help them uh, in that decision. So we've continued this relationship across the miles and the life changes of that time. Well, you know, we, is lifetime. Yeah, we had the privilege of seeing you guys do this in action. Well, Lorelai, we missed you a week ago Wednesday, mm -hmm. because rightfully so. You were uh, with your, your family, with your grandson. Yes. I know that was so important, but it was amazing to be here in um, our son and daughter-in-law's home. And there were probably close to 40 people we all ate together. They have it divided up into four groups. And so one group each week is in charge of the meal. So we had a full on breakfast bar that was like a cruise. And we just had so much fun interacting together. And then the four groups uh, divided up. And um, just before that, Mike, I appreciated that you just gave um, a word to the the group you you know you shared from scripture you shared from your life and you set a really good tone and then when we mm -hmm. divided up into the groups to me it was like I've been involved in a lot of small groups but I have never seen the dynamics of what I saw in our son and daughter's home last Wednesday Wes and mm -hmm. I were blown away so just Thank you for how you're investing again, not just in Jeremy and Kelly, but in so many young people. And if there's anyone listening and you don't know how to start a small group, 
we'll have their contact information here. I'm sure Mike and uh, Lorelai could uh, walk you through some. Uh, well, God is so excited, I think, Judy, about generations. Yeah. Generations was God's idea originally when he began the human family. Right. And so for us to throw it away, to silo our church experience and be only with my near peer group seems to be contrary to how put how God put life together. Right. In the human family, it's just normal that grandpa and grandma are around and the aunts and uncles and cousins and to grow up together, sharing life together, each one bringing their part right. is God's normal design. And so then when God moves into the church, he uses that same pattern and he says, what I'm excited about is I want to see spiritual generations. And so Jesus would say in Matthew 28, as he's about to leave the disciples, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, go and make disciples teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, not just to know all that I commanded you, but actually to observe, to be able to put it into practice. And so it's it's a hands-on living of the Christian life that, like an apprentice being tutored by the master, we learn how to live the Christian mm-hmm. life. And that, I think, implies generations. Right. Paul would write to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, too, his son in the faith, and he says, The things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, Timothy, my son, I want you to entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I see four generations in that verse, Paul to Timothy, to faithful men, to those who teach others also. That's That's the biblical pattern, I think. And so I don't want to miss out on what God's doing. I want to get in on the fun of his way of expanding the gospel relationally through generate spiritual generations that also span, I think, the human generations. Right, right. Well, you know, um, last year when um, Jeremy and Kelly were getting ready to have their first baby mm-hmm. and they were having a home birth and uh, our other daughter-in-law, Sarah, was the communications director for the family. So she was texting back and forth, you know, like, oh, You'd be so proud of Kelly. And, oh, wow, Jeremy's doing a great mm-hmm. job. And the midwife says that uh, this is a, a, a model home birth. And so we're getting these texts. And later in the afternoon, we got the text that said uh, we're on our way to the hospital. There were complications at the end that uh, caused uh, Jeremy and Kelly by ambulance to go to the hospital. And Kelly had to have an emergency C-section. Our little Penelope Elizabeth came and healthy, healthy little uh, eight-month-old baby now. But what Jeremy said to me that I'll never forget is a few months after that, I didn't know this at the time, but a few months after he said, uh, mom and dad, I want you to know that what really got us through was in the ambulance. I just kept quoting scripture over and over. And at the hospital, I just kept quoting scripture and scripture over and over. And as a little background to our listeners, I know that my care has been so instrumental in helping um, show Jeremy through, and I'll have you, Mike, to share your system, if you will, but teaching my son scripture memorization, taking it to a level that Wes and I never did with our kids uh, like you have done. But Jeremy says that he has committed close to 50 scriptures to his heart. And that day when he needed them, 
those scriptures were there and every day for him just to, to pull out. And so again, Mike, I mean, how does a mom even thank someone for, <laughs> for something like that? But tell us about scripture memorization. And I know that I've been inspired by my son to see what he's done. I'm taking baby steps in my own life. It is 66. It is so much harder to memorize scripture than it was when I was a kid, but what can you tell us about your passion in scripture memorization? Well, it began for me shortly after I was converted because the, the fellow who introduced me to Christ uh, just showed how important the scriptures are. And if the word of God is the whispered love messages of God to us, mm. then I want to hide those things in my heart. Mm. The psalmist would ask in Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? And he answers that by saying, by keeping it according to your word, your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. So when you know something by heart, what does that mean? You know the Pledge of Allegiance by heart, Judy, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That means you've got it memorized, right? right? right. So I just took that and began to, to memorize the scriptures. The navigators have probably got the best system I've discovered out there. They call it a topical memory system. And as you do those first 60 verses of scripture memory, teaches you a system that will last for a lifetime. And so it's now been a lifetime of hiding the word of God in my heart for times like that, because mm -hmm. when the crisis comes, when the question comes, when the need with a new friend comes along, my, my mind is not what people need to hear. They need to hear the mm -hmm. mind of God. And that's what mm -hmm. Jeremy needed that day when Kelly's life was at rest. Right. And it was the word of God that he had hidden in his heart right. that God could bring back. And it was that same word that he prayed over his family, verses that he had memorized, verses that he'd memorized. Mm. You know, it was interesting as uh, Penny was showing up in the world that day, one of the other friends that does life together with us was the NICU nurse at that very same place where she was delivering. Kelly hadn't really met Gracie because mm. the group was so large, uh -huh. but Gracie knew Kelly. And as we came up to visit with with them there in the NICU, Gracie recognized us as well. Oh, wow. A bond of community that wow. God put together in a range uh -huh. for your little granddaughter wow. to be so protected as she yeah. came into the world by the family of God who wow. loves her and loves one another. Oh, it's, um, so the word of God hidden in our hearts, a system helps us. Uh, a lot of times we memorize verses as a kid and we never stuck right. with that. But a, a lifetime system that I'd recommend would be the Navigator's Topical Memory System. And you could find that online. And, and right. And, and for the program notes on our website where we uh, post this, uh, we'll have any links of things that you've mentioned. But um, yeah, people can Google what you have said. <laughs> <laughs> so... In closing, is there, let's just say that there's a listener that hears you, Mike and Lorelai, and, you know, they would like to be more proactive in their lives in, in building relationships with young people. But for whatever reason, that hasn't happened to a level that they, they would like for it to. What is something that you could say to encourage people to press in and reach out to younger people? I think that I would like to just share a verse um, as we as I close, just thinking of First uh, Thessalonians two eight, and I think this is one of my life verses. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become 
so very dear to us. Mm-hmm. And so I think loving people and sharing Christ, but just loving them and being a part of their lives. We all need that. Mm-hmm. And for someone older to come alongside uh, some younger people, it means more to them than I think I could even tell you. Right. Thank you, Lorelai. Well, I think we have the advantage, those of us who are a little bit more senior, because we've already lived some of the life that those new younger friends uh, haven't yet. And so one of the things that I think I'd encourage people to do is just to begin to make the start by taking the initiative. I think that we who are older have the opportunity of being through more of life. We ought to have a little bit more security in the Lord. And so I really think the responsibility is on us. Mm-hmm to walk across the church lobby and to meet that new friend and say, hi, I'm Mike, and begin a conversation. Right. It just begins by walking across the room as the first step, meeting people where mm-hmm. they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing in particular, if I'm thinking of youngers or younger families, people uh, respond well if we love their children well. Mm-hmm. The first couple that I met that launched us into doing life together was Daniel and Becca, and it's because... I noticed little Jessa, who was still in a basket. She couldn't do anything to intimidate me. She's still in one of those little carry baskets. But I noticed (laughs) Jessa, and around the subject of their daughter, began to chat with Daniel and Becca, who I had just met. And from that, a relationship grew. Now, Daniel's in a very different place. His hair is way different than mine, and he plays the drums in the church band. And I have to put in the earplugs, but I sit in the front row and cheer Daniel on when he brings his ministry of worship through the drums, which would not be my preferred way. But because God has given me a love for Daniel, it's not just the gospel that we've imparted, but our own lives to Daniel and Becca. So I begin by just walking across the room and, yeah. and making a connection. I start where I am with what I have right. and with who I am. And so if I've got an interest, let's use let's use that interest. If I like Hiking, invite friends to go hiking. Mm -hmm. Uh, I recall a hike up Pikes Peak. It's a 14,000-foot peak here. We've got an intergenerational group from one of the local chapels together, and we're making this hike. And as it happened, some of the faster ones were up quicker, and some of the slower ones were beginning to lag behind. And I settled into my own pace. And pretty soon, Fabian, one of the young airmen, began to walk alongside me. Fabian was not real good in English. He had just uh, come to our country from Ecuador. And uh, as we walked kind of at the same pace, we fell into conversation. It's seven miles up the mountain and 6,000 feet gain. And so we're going to be together for a while. And oh, just that. as we went from the morning's coolness to the hotter part of the day, we began to shed some of the clothes. And I noticed his tattoo on his right shoulder. And it was this very characterized image of some very disfigured sort of a person looked like on a cross or something. And so I do my usual question. Anybody, somebody's got a tattoo. Oh, that's an interesting tattoo. Tell me about it. There's all, there are always stories, right? (laughs) And, And Fabian had been a drug gang leader in Ecuador. And not too many months before he joined our military, a rival gang had attacked him and they were trying to kill him. But instead of killing him, they killed his lieutenant of this gang. Mm. And these events drove Fabian to come to the United States to get away from the trouble and enlist in our military. 
And the reason he had that tattoo is he had no idea that that might be a representation of Jesus. He said, my friend who died in my place like that. And so I put that image on my body to always remind him of, of, of the guy who died in my place because I should have been gunned down that day. Well, that's a pretty easy way to start a conversation about the gospel. <laughs> and so I told him about the Jesus, who that image is right. of, who also died in his place. And Fabian didn't choose to receive Christ that day, but Fabian said, I've never read the Bible. Would, would you come to our home and just begin to read the Bible? So doing that, we started with this young friend reading the scriptures. After about two weeks, Fabian and his wife, Veronica, who was from Russia, who had never before read the scriptures either, said, this is so fascinating. We have a bunch of friends. Would you mind if we brought our friends? And before weeks had passed, there were over two dozen gathering in, this, in their living room to read the Bible together in the Gospel of John, who had never before. And before that year was out, nearly a dozen had trusted Christ. Wow. Because hiking up a mountain. You talk to a guy about his tattoo, and we can find any way to connect with folks across any generation. Thank you so much, Mike and Lorelai. Thank you for fleshing out the scripture. And you two are just, um, yeah, I, I, I just want to be careful in giving accolades because it's all to God be the glory that any of us are here in serving, serving Jesus. But thank you for your faithfulness. And Mike, in closing, could you just offer a word of prayer? I'm just thinking that there might be someone listening that just really, just really wants to do more for Christ. And I trust that maybe this podcast would kind of edge them forward. So could you pray for our listeners, please? Well, Father, thank you for the fact that it's your word that says that you who whispered to our hearts and said that even to your old age, I will be with you. And to your graying years, I will carry you. I have done it. And I will carry you. And I will rescue you. And I will deliver you. And Father, you who began this in our lives, we want to believe you in our latter years that you would continue to do great things. So together with my friends listening, we would ask, please, Father, that you would have your way to bring glory to yourself through our lives that you would do even greater things in the latter days. And Father, I would pray, as we think of our friends across several generations, that they would all be one. Even, Father, as you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one. Lord, would you make us all one across the generations that the world might know and believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, you two, for being here. This was so rich. Thanks so much for being with us. You'll find brief notes from today's show and more information about Yes online at yes We'd love for you to share today's podcast with a friend.